video. It's the only way to get what you want to watch. Hello, my name is Justin McClure, and I'm here today with Mark Hansen. And you're listening to the Bay Street Video Podcast. We go through the new Blu-ray and DVDs of the week. Brand new. Brand new. <laughs> well, some of them, they're a few weeks old when they came out, right? <laughs> so this week is a pretty light haul, and usually when I say that, we end up doing this podcast <laughs> yeah, for 90 minutes. It's a longer episode than <laughs> yeah. usual, yeah. So let's start right off the bat with probably some of the big releases. Yeah. I mean, we're recording it was still a this. big week, you know. It was light yeah. week, but a big week. We're uh, recording this on Halloween. Yeah. Woo! So there was a bunch of horror films that came out this week, which is surprising because I thought people would have gotten out of the way for some certain big releases that yeah. came, but nope. Mm-hmm. Arrow, uh, <laughs> Scooby Doo's yeah. in the audience for a Halloween episode. Sound effects for this, right? <laughs> yeah. That's what they do on podcasts. Yeah, you're gonna have like a soundboard where it's like, shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> Yep. Uh, 4K, 4K. <laughs> yeah. Uh, American Werewolf in London is put out again by, yeah. uh, again. I mean, a different company, Arrow Video. Arrow Video. This, I mean, it's the nicest way it's ever come out. It probably ever will ever come will out. come out. This is one of those movies that, like, I bought the DVD. I remember with, like, the <laughs> shitty werewolf cover. Yep, I had that, too. The Blu-ray came out. I didn't get it, but I got the Blu-ray when they released it with that documentary that the guy put together, yeah. um, Howling Moon or something yep, like that, yep. the fan who that put it. That was, like, their remastered mm-hmm. you know, Universal Collector's Edition. And it was one of those things that they were like, it'll never actually happen, and <laughs> And then, yeah. it did. and then it did. And so I got that one. And now Arrow, because people love catalog titles, they release this. And they love American Werewolf in London. Yeah, and you, you, you've you been selling quite a bunch, right? Oh, man, they are selling crazy well. Um, and note, if you want it with the book. Get it now. Get it now. Because yeah. once we sell out. We thought we would just get more, but mm. I think the next batch is just going to be the disc without the book or the box. So I'm just curious of like who who are buying these? Like they must have bought the previous ones, they right? Must have, yeah, you know? I don't know. I think it's one of those movies that companies are just really confident that people are going to rebuy mm-hmm. over and over again. Yeah, it's an American. I mean, who doesn't <laughs> another love- version of yeah. Evil Dead? Exactly. Well, it's like that, right? Like who? I mean, who doesn't love American Werewolf in London? It's a great yeah. film. I mean, uh, I Vic personally Moreau. don't buy things over and over again usually, but <laughs> yes. I, you know, have never bought this on Blu-ray, so, you know, I might get it. Really? Yeah, I've actually, I you know, maybe it's and all marks the out Blu- there yeah, that exactly. are like, I, I didn't get this. And like you said, it'll never look any better than oh, it man, does now. Yeah. Uh, Arrow, like you said, there's a, probably a really nice booklet. It mm-hmm. comes in a big box. It always it dents very easily. Yeah. And the artwork on the front is beautiful. <laughs> yeah, like, it, it's really great. They really so, did a good job. If you, you don't know. own American Werewolf in London, you should pick it up. Yep. And if you do, you'll probably pick it <laughs> up, anyway. up anyway. You'll see so many of the old version of BMV over the next like, <laughs> three weeks. That's how you know a That's new version you know. is out. You oh, go yeah, to BMV and it. you see like, like copies of the old Blu-ray. Yeah. What did I see recently? Because I did see one where I was like, oh yeah, this came out, <laughs> yeah. and I like pulled it out. It's like blood and black Always lace. Happens, yeah. <laughs> um, Arrow is also putting out the Ringu collection. Yeah. Uh, two big releases. I guess Which, they want to. If people are like ordering it, they're like, oh, I guess I'll get both. Yeah. You know, it's a good. Double, you know, double release for them right before Halloween. You got mm. more of like a fun '80s horror movie, and then you've got like some real Serious. terrifying J horror. Yeah, terrifying. <laughs> and this yeah. set came Mark out. Mark refuses yeah. to watch it because it's too I scary. Mean, Ringu is just like 
like pure nightmare fuel. For Is me. it? <laughs> I love. I mean, I love J horror in yeah. general. Yeah, uh, I never watched where it starts J horror when it was coming out because I was okay. like, I just want Evil Dead. This okay, coming from a man enough. who essentially tried to make a J horror imitation <laughs> yeah. with Impossible Horror I available know, right? at on, uh, Bay Street Video <laughs> yeah. for sale and rent. Yep, get that weekly plug in there <laughs> <laughs> every, week. every week. Oh, also available on streaming, but you should buy it instead. You should buy it. Yeah, not yeah streaming. on Amazon yeah. Prime yeah. if you live in the U.S. and UK. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, Ted Lashes. That's what happens when you say it on Bay Street Video. Yep. And so Ringu is one that I was always when I went back and revisited. I was like, oh, this is good. I guess I was soured by like Hideo Nakata's uh, output afterwards. Yeah. Was like, oh, so he's boring. Not a great director. No, <laughs> yeah. but I think he's an interesting one. Yeah. And when he was working in those DTV trenches, there was like. a interesting avenues that he could go down. And the Ringu box set is great because it includes three films, including mm-hmm. the ones he didn't direct. And it, four, four films, I forgot, because it also I has know, it's confusing, this, because it, it's not even on the box, but no. it, there's the other sequel to Ring, not yeah, directed by Hideo Rossin, Nakata. Yeah. yeah, which is actually directed by a very interesting Japanese director that people don't, did he, it's not Another Heaven that he directed, is it? It's one like that, I yeah. I remember, I was looking him up and now I've just blanked. Yeah, because you guys have a bunch of his DVDs yep. in the store, but he is one when I saw the covers, I was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And it has, on this Blu-ray, the Ringu box set, a commentary with David Callett, who is my favorite DVD commentary guy ever. Okay. You may have heard him on the Godzilla box set. He did right. some stuff on the Criterion uh, Dr. Mabuse films. Right. He's one of those guys that's uh, conversational, but you know that he has notes in front of him, right. so it feels like natural, but at the same time, it's packed with information. And I actually thought that he just kind of retired from doing commentaries because he had his own company, All Day Entertainment. You oh, may have yeah, of course, seen some of, of the bl- DVDs you put in your bargain bin, oh, which course, I then bought. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but now he's back, and I guess he's just doing stuff for Arrow because Criterion yeah. doesn't really do that commentary track jazz anymore. Yeah. So, yeah, this is one that, if you're even a little bit curious, you should pick up because, like most Arrow box sets, it's going to go out of print like instantly, and then they'll just be yeah. gone. And it was in the, they came out in the UK first last year and mm. people like really wanted it to come out over here and so maybe the demand spurred that on but yeah I mean even if like you know J-Horror you know kind of had its time and passed a bit yeah but, like this is really I would say between this and Ju-On like those are like do people still buy standards. the Ju-On films? I would say yeah Ju-On yeah. is still pretty popular The Grudge um, for all you Sarah Michelle Gellar fans I, out there yeah <laughs> yeah forget the American remake oh, the, the American remake of it's directed Ringu, by I him like. yeah, uh, yeah. Ringu uh, you mean uh, the uh, ring. Yeah. Gore Verbinski Gore Verbinski's the ring you know that's how I was first introduced to J-Horror probably yeah. a lot of people were because that was kind of the American introduction mm. to it and I really Love the ring. Um, Do you have a soft spot for the ring too, directed by Hideo oh, Nakata? I, hate the ring too. <laughs> really? I went to see it opening night in theaters because I so excited. I loved the ring and yeah. I couldn't wait for it. And geez, <laughs> that bad CGI deer attack. Oh, I don't know. I've never oh, seen God. it. I just it's, heard it's whisperings of people yeah. being like, "It's so bad." <laughs> it's got one good line when Naomi Watts says, "You're not my fucking mommy." Or, I'm not your fucking mommy. <laughs> That's pretty good. It's like the lamest thing. I, I mean, know. all the ring I need yeah. is in scary movies. Movie three, oh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> including Scary Movie Three parodies J horror. You so should get. Well. <laughs> uh, I'm talking to Mark and the general public. <laughs> yeah. The DVD of Scary Movie Three because I've never seen this on any DVD before. There's like a 20 minute alternate ending. Oh yeah, I have that DVD <laughs> and, where uh, the studio said you need to do a Matrix Reloaded parody, oh, my God, and it's with the Ring Girl. Yep, and it's so long and so unfunny. Yeah, and the commentary by David Zucker and the writers of like <laughs> Date Movie and all those things. Yep. 
is so hilarious yep. that like Scary Movie Three is one of those DVDs. And when people ask like, what are the DVDs that like you'd recommend? I was like Scary Movie Scary Three <laughs> because the commentary is funnier than the movie. Yeah. And it was at those times that like they would include everything, including like a deleted <laughs> scene that the Hulk shows up in. Oh my god! Yeah. And he was a big animatronic Hulk too. <laughs> Nobody so, thinks I'm serious when I say Scary Movie 3 is actually a funny movie. It is it's very like, funny. It's very funny. It might be the best of the series. Uh, I guaranteed. Say. I mean, yeah. what are the other... Like, scary, scary I mean, movie I like the first one, but yeah. I mean, oh, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't hold up. When was the last time up. you watched the first yeah, one? I know, well, I was just going to say, I watched it a few years ago. doesn't always hold up. Scary Movie 2 is almost like anti-comedy. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, like almost like <laughs> Tim and Eric, like like Chris uh, Kattan. No, not Chris Kattan. Uh, you'd love if he was in that movie. I, I, would, I would. Chris Elliott. Chris Elliott. Uh, he plays like a guy with like a deformed yeah, no, hand, no. and there's like a 10-minute bit where he's just like God. making supper. <laughs> Remember that that commercial parody in it too, the basketball. Uh, yes, the Nike basketball, the Nike basketball commercial. So confusing like, in the movie. You're like, what is? Go- There's a long Charlie's Angels parody yep, at the yep. end. Um, yeah, an acquired <laughs> these taste. Yeah. These movies weren't meant to last. I'm no, sure. No, even but though that scary movie three, if you want a oh, so good. J-horror parody, also it does the rings so well. If you want a parody of Eight Mile, and Eight Mile, <laughs> very <laughs> funny. Really I like that. Funny. I yeah. like that actor. <laughs> so uh, other cult stuff. Shout is putting out. The Blob. Yeah, big week for them, too. I mean, this is also a release that's selling like crazy. Well, there hasn't been a special edition of The Blob. No. I, there was Twilight Time. Twilight it did Time, a Blu-ray yeah. that, like, the most of the releases were, like, $40 and limited only on their website. That sold out almost instantly, I, I remember. I don't even care about Twilight Time. <laughs> You're so bitter. I'm so Just because you can't Twilight get Twilight Time, Time releases. I know, I know. Everybody asked for years. Can we get Twilight Time here? No. No, I can't. I Stop can't. asking. <laughs> and uh, they actually ported over the special features from yeah. the Twilight Time disc. The commentary was Chuck Russell and Ryan Turek mm. and they included everything you would ever I think there's two and a half hours of special oh, features yeah, every loaded. actor that's in the movie <laughs> is interviewed and so they've shifted like uh, DVD producers from like making of documentaries to like let's just interview the actor yep. for 30 minutes about the career and I actually at first I was like I don't want that but now I'm actually pro that because it doesn't just need to be about the movie yep. and they can actually give like a retrospective of their career yeah. and it's actually more interesting that way oh I agree yeah <laughs> so uh, yeah I, this is a release I picked up this week. And, totally. I mean, The Blob is one of the best 80s remakes. Yeah. I mean, The Thing, The Fly, The Blob. It's those three. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what else? <laughs> yeah, The Thing, The Fly, The Blobs. <laughs> uh, one Miss Call. That's one yeah. of the best horror remakes, right? Set in the 80s. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, if you haven't seen it recently, if you just dismiss it as that silly Blob movie, you got to watch it again. It is yeah. so mean-spirited in a fun way. Directed by Chuck Russell, everyone's favorite, The Mask. Yeah. You know, Chuck uh, Russell was a really cool director for a while. I uh, no, just the blob in the mask. Bless the well, child, I'm eraser. A, I'm a bit of an eraser apology. No, I, I do like the eraser, eraser was one of the, the eraser. I was going to say worst action film. And <laughs> oh, but come on, the uh, the zoo like with the, the CGI crocodiles. <laughs> Chuck Russell's it's the bad, guy. It's bad, but you know yeah. Arnold, like you know, floating there in a parachute, like yes. shooting at a plane coming to it. Like, how do you get much more? It just has a ridiculousness to it that I really. Appreciate. I don't want to be tricked by Eraser again. Fair enough. I'm fair tricked enough. every time. I'm <laughs> okay. like, oh, I like I like uh, the the Blob and, and um, Nightmare on Elm Street Part Three, yeah, you know, Dream Warriors, one. and The Mask. Man, yeah, The Mask not so much. I loved it when I was I a love, kid. I love The Mask. Right? <laughs> you don't like The Mask anymore? Uh, I watched it recently. It did not hold up. Yeah, okay, like I, I remember enough. as a kid, like I loved it and was terrified by it. Mm-hmm. Could not watch a scene where he puts the mask on. Too scary oh God, for me. Yeah. And the, and Dorian, the bad guy, when yeah. he puts the mask on. And like the assumption that he killed those people. I know, right? <laughs> like as he stuck pipes up there. It's but disturbing. He kills them in the comic it's book. Pretty, yeah. yeah. Um, and so yeah, and I watched it recently and I was like, those jokes don't really land. That's fair. That's fair. 
some nineties comedy. Yeah, you know, that's right. Hold up. Uh, there's some yeah, very um un PC <laughs> stuff, well, if I mean, you will. Yeah. Ace Ventura. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. A little transphobic. Go. Yeah. And by a little I mean a, a lot, lot transphobic. <laughs> yeah. But like Chuck Russell Bless the Child he yeah, made. I did see Bless the Child when, <laughs> when that came out. And uh, then I, I don't remember much about it. I remember Christina Ricci's head being severed at one point. Really? Yeah. I was gonna say I am Wrath. Have you I, seen I have one? seen I Am Wrath. Um, not as fun as I thought it was going to be. The commentary by Chuck Russell, <laughs> it is so enthusiastic is and it? filled with oh, passion man. that I listened to it as an MP3 and it made me rewatch the movie again. Oh, and I was like, what is he talking yeah, about? Is, He's that? like, I love to be really visual. I like to do in-camera tricks. I like yeah. to start everything with a pop. None of that is evident in the movie. Because <laughs> I feel like there's a really fun movie that could have been made with I Am Wrath, especially mm-hmm. since you have Chris Maloney as like He's the best part in I Am Wrath, it. yeah. And, you know, I'm a for John Travolta's mm. DTV phase now. And I just think, like, but he just went in this way. It kind of reminded me of the Edge of Darkness remake yes. with Mel Gibson, where it's there, there's too this, serious. Like, there's this religious y kind of Christian. <laughs> does John Travolta say, I am rad? But it's he like, does. He does, yeah. But he's like, you know, a Scientologist, so that's kind of weird. I don't yeah. know. There, it had that same kind of ending where it's like walking off into yeah. like God almost. Like, and then what is this? Chuck Russell, like other, I guess, C list 90s Hollywood <laughs> yeah. directors, ended up in a foreign country. And I went to the theaters yep. to see his Bollywood movie, Holy, uh, really? Jungi. Not good, okay. which makes okay. me think that if his Bollywood movie is not good, where he probably got like unlimited resources, yeah. I think it's gone at I that think his point. Time's yeah. Over, you know. yeah. Sorry, Chuck. You're, you're Take you in the back Take alley. Seat, like, Chuck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look at the rabbits, Chuck. Look at the rabbits. Uh, uh, but the blob. Great, yeah, great, great movie. movie. Uh, maybe Frank Darabont is the one to thank because yeah, he's the yeah. one who also uh, wrote Dream Warriors as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shout is also putting Devil Rides out, a Hammer film starring Christopher yep. Lee, considered probably one of the best. Hammer films uh, when yeah. it comes to Christopher Lee output, not related to his Dracula or Frankenstein mm-hmm. uh, series. It's great. It's based on a story by, uh, I can't remember his name. He wrote like a bunch of spy yeah. books. He's very famous. And it starts amazingly, which is like Christopher Lee like bursting down a door and he's like, your son's been possessed by a demon cult. We have to go save him. <laughs> like right within the first five minutes. Yep. And it just goes from there. So I'm, I feel like this is a release that people have been clamoring for for a long time. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's also been selling very well. Mm. Has private school been selling very well, Not too? Not so well. <laughs> Which has gotten a special uh, edition by Shout as I well. Uh, they love these, like, 80s sex comedies, you know? Yeah, the boner comedy. <laughs> the boner comedy. I've never actually seen this one. Me neither. I know it's kind of a big deal in the boner comedy <laughs> In, boner, thing, in boner comedy academics. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. It's Phoebe Cates. Phoebe Cates, Betsy Russell. And Matthew yeah, Modine. Uh, Mr. Yeah. Cutthroat Island himself. <laughs> yeah. I, I have a soft, soft spot for Matthew Ooh, Betsy Modine. Russell? Did she star in Tomboy? Yeah, I think so. You don't know? you never seen Betsy Tomboy? Right. I think I was thinking of Betsy of uh, Friday the 13th Betsy. That's Betsy Palmer, right? <laughs> I don't think uh, she not, stars in her. Private School yeah, as one of the okay, sexy kids. I don't know who Betsy Russell is. So. <laughs> uh, and they star in an outrageous uh, romantic comedy that <laughs> yep. could only happen in the 80s. Private School. <laughs> so I guess one of them gets in blackface. Um, yeah, potentially. There's <laughs> do you a think 50 Shout will ever do a Soul Man a Shout <sighs> yeah. Select release? Uh, I don't know. That's How a would great it sell? question. I don't know. How do you think of it? I mean, I think badly. Honestly, uh, curiosity sake. If anyone is going to put out a Blu-ray of Soul Man, it would Kino. be Mill Creek. Oh, Mill Creek. Mill oh Creek. yeah, hundred percent. They put out. They they put out some. I think they put it out on DVD actually, or on a DVD pack. And they also put out weird, questionable thing. Like they put out Leonard Part Six. Mm, when a Soul like, Man Leonard right Part Six. Right in the middle of like when Bill Cosby. No. Was and everything. Yeah. Like so they. <laughs> They're like. I feel like if we're going to strike, we got to strike now. Yeah. If anybody wants to go for like '80s questionable trash, it's Mill. 
Creek. Yeah. Maybe Kino, you know, you never know. <laughs> I don't know. I've never seen Soul Man. It's one of those movies. Me neither. But like, it's one of those ones where you're like, how can I, I make gotta, jokes about I this? See this? But I know yeah. it's going to be so I know, long. I know you're like, a Steve Miner completist. <laughs> yeah, exactly, you're like, right? Friday the 13th part. Two, three, like Placid, yeah, exactly. Uh, Day of the Dead. I, I like think Steve it's Reckoning yeah, or something I like that. I, I actually didn't see his Day of the Dead movie. So. Uh, yeah, Steve Miner, interesting guy. Who interesting was guy. Yeah, forced into directing the Friday the Thirteenth movies because Sean, uh, Sean Cunningham, Cunningham didn't, didn't want to do it. it. Yeah, but he was good. I thought he yeah. uh, brought a lot of flair. Woo! The eye going right toward yeah, the camera in part fun. three. I love part three. Uh, Classic wise releases this week. Days of Wine and Roses is out from Warner Archives. Yeah. Jack Lemon and his wife Lee Remick. Uh, uh, go into alcoholism. Alcoholics. Directed by Blake, <laughs> Blake Edwards. Edwards. So there's a lot of crazy slaps. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, not at all. Blake Edwards is a director that I think people associate with the Pink Panther. Pink Panther yeah. But kind of lamely, because they're not very well directed. Yeah. Maybe a shot in the dark. Yeah. That's the like, like classy. That a lot, yeah. But Blake Edwards also did like westerns. He did, um, what is that? Uh, I can't think of the title. The one that's like a bulls on a cover. It's like a parody uh, yeah. of, I think it's the one where Julie Andrews uh, goes topless. SOB. That's yeah. right. And so he did all sorts of stuff. And this is his one of his probably most famous, like, straight, yeah. serious, I'm on an Oscar. Exactly, yeah. I've never seen it. You? Me neither. Yeah. <laughs> Why would I watch this? I've always been interested in. Yeah. It's always been popular. I don't know. I mean, you go for, to the Blake Edwards section in the uh, a store, and then you're like, oh, but I could watch Peter Sellers yeah. lean against a globe. Man, I remember the Pink Panther box set. My friend had it lent it yeah. to me. It came in like a like a soft cover. Like oh, I've never yeah, seen yeah, yeah. any DVD like that. that. Yeah. <laughs> wow, have you been here for like that? I was in high school. <laughs> oh, we had like no. I think it was out of print by the time I started. But Mark I is like, I've been here for fifty years. I think we had the box sitting around somewhere though. Yeah, you should come to the store and be rental. like, yeah. can I touch the Pink it's Panther like, box? Yeah. <laughs> sitting in the back somewhere. Yeah. Um, uh, Warner Archives is also putting out Mr. Nice Guy. Another classic. Yeah, yeah, talking about right. classic films. Um, <laughs> the Jackie Chan film. I love Mr. Nice Guy. No, one of his strongest films. I know, but... Oh, actually, sorry, I'm confusing it with Who Am I? And yeah, uh, Mr. Nice Guy, I think it's better I? than that. Except it doesn't have a climax, which is yeah. like a fight climax. Yeah. Because at the end, I think Jackie Chan just gets in a truck and like runs over a bunch yes. of stuff. Um, yeah, that's true. But it is interesting <laughs> in that like... there's a lot of good comedy yeah, in it. Directed by Samuel Hung. Yep. Jackie uh, Chan plays a cook in it. There is some great, you know, like it's kind of a trope in Jackie Chan movies where he's like got two girls or something. Yeah. He's got like a girlfriend and then like somebody who's like. It's a Betty and Veronica yeah, situation where you have to like hide this, in the room. And I and feel like, like there's a great sequence in this where he is like with this, you know, his girlfriend's not home and then he's with this like lady. Yeah. He's like kind of flirt, he's flirting with and she's like scratching his back awkwardly because <laughs> it's itchy all of a sudden and he's like, it's the best scene in like almost any Jackie Chan and then she walks in on it. And oh, I just feel no. like there's a lot of good comedy. And yeah. I don't know. I've, I've always, Again, maybe it's because I saw it when I was really young and I loved it. And I just love Jackie Chan. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I have a soft spot for Mr. Nice Guy more than a lot of his other, you know. Yeah. I mean, I guess it wasn't like, like first strike. American film, No, it was actually it was Australian. Like, yeah, but they kind of like made it seem like it was an American film. It I was think coming it was. Out. Was it pre-Rush um, Hour? I think it was. It was, it was yeah. like the year before Rush Hour. They released it here. Mm. I don't know. Maybe it was the year before. Yeah, that. because Rumble in the Bronx had been such yeah, a success. Yeah, it was after Rumble in the Bronx. Yeah. yeah, so they're like trying to like, era, yeah, let's try to yeah, get into this market. And the English speaking, because it is an English film. It is, A bunch of like Australians trying to do like American accents. Very funny. It's just like First Strike. They both have that like Australian flavor to them. What's Merit? Same thing, right? Everyone's yeah, exactly. English, <laughs> even though they're all criminals. <laughs> yeah. 
Yep. Uh, Wizard of Oz is being put out by uh, Warner. Uh, the UHD, UHD release. Wasn't there 4K. just a big seventh release of Wizard of Oz? There's been so many releases of yeah. Wizard of Oz. It's like every it's contractually five years, obligated. Seventy fifth anniversary. Yeah, eightieth anniversary. anniversary. You know, I said this before another podcast. Eh, not that big a fan of Wizard of Oz. I can understand why people love I it. Seen it since I was a kid. So I never even know. watched it when I was a kid. So like okay. going to it now, it's you know, I made the controversial opinion that I think as an adult I enjoy a return to Oz better because it's okay. meaner okay. and darker. Interesting. Opinion. Yeah. Right. And Wizard of Oz is. I feel like when I watch it, I'm like, I've seen this movie. It's so yeah. seeped into pop culture that yeah, like, like even if you don't, like I haven't seen it in years, mm-hmm. I just feel like it's always you know around it. me. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Colorful musical. Yeah. It's got all the stuff. Flying yeah, monkeys. Exactly. I wonder know? if kids are still discovering it now, or if it's like way past that they at this must. point. I don't. I mean, yeah. we're selling tons of these UHDs. So every mm. time they release a new edition, it sells like crazy. Around Christmas, it sells a lot. I know it's not a Christmas movie, but you, you know, know what? Maybe people are just like, ah, my my kids love Oz the Great and Powerful so much. <laughs> I know, right? Now they yeah, that see Wizard of Oz. <laughs> uh, I should say for the record that Return of Oz is not a better film than Wizard of Oz, but <laughs> watching it, it's but one that I enjoyed value, more. If you yeah. put a gun in my head and say, you got to watch one of them, I'd probably watch Return of Oz again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so would I, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> what about I mean, Oz the Great and Powerful? I never saw that, actually. Really? So, <sighs> I was kind of so off Sam Raimi at that point. What, Drag Me to Hell didn't do it for you? No, I love Drag Me to Hell. You know, his studio not, stuff just wasn't... No, nah, I'm not a big Drag Me to Hell fan, really? which is shocking okay. to people. I, and I have a big thesis about why it doesn't work for me. Uh, One of them being that it does feel like a rehash of his previous stuff. It does. And that Alison Lohan? Yeah. uh, Lohman. Lohman, there you go. Is unfortunately not like Bruce Campbell because when she gets hurt, it feels like she's really being hurt and Mm -hmm. she's in pain. While Bruce Campbell, you can laugh at his pain because it feels goofy. I kind of like that. I kind of like there's a a bit more sense of menace to it. There is. And I really hate the ending. Okay. Like it leaves such a sour taste in my mouth. I like that. It's like I wish she was meaner though. I I, I like it. It feels like a, it does feel like a cruel joke. Yeah. A troll. I I feel like the whole movie feels kind of like a cruel joke. Don't worry guys. I bought the um, Scream Factory (laughs) release. I remember you bought that (laughs) Yeah. I think I complained about it at about. the time, yeah. too, which I'm like... Yeah. And then bought it anyway. Yeah, every scene in that movie, I'm like, I wish it was just, like, crazier. And it also feels kind of like a studio work. Uh, actually, that's a lie, because the Spider-Man feel, film, so very stylish, is like, yeah. it almost feels pressed for time. Like, there's no big camera move in those movies where I'm like, ah, yeah! Like, I can point out, uh, like, all of the other films. Yeah, it's kind of like when you watch the pilot of Ash vs. Evil Dead. It's like, uh, ah, yeah. that spark is kind of gone. Yeah, it's not okay. the same, but listen, again, I have it on my shelf, so who's yeah, the exactly. true sucker <laughs> yeah. here? Sam Raimi's counting his dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's care. right. His Republican donated dollars, because <laughs> yeah, he... Like he likes to well. say, the innocents must suffer, so no. I can't vote for another <laughs> exactly, party. Exactly, <laughs> right? Uh, Sam Raimi's my uh, favorite director of all time, so... Mm, yeah. actually Maybe that's not true. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, okay. No, uh, we'll so get back to that. Okay. Uh, Little Women and Marie Antoinette is being put out by Mill Creek. Yeah, so I, I apologize to anybody who bought the previous Blu-rays of these films, which were expensive Sony MODs. Oh, did you bring them in? <laughs> yeah. So Little Women and Marie Antoinette <laughs> well, they probably by Sony. Well, they had the like... special features on them, especially yeah. for Marie Antoinette, which yeah, had a I bunch. So. And there's, um, I don't think they're available think on this Mill Blu-ray. Creek, yeah, yeah, it's just kind of a standard one. Really cheaply priced, though. Mm. Um, I've never actually seen Little Women. No, I me neither. love Marie Antoinette. You I'm love a it? Big Marie Antoinette. You're fan. like, I love the deconstruction of the historical. I just think it's so much fun. Honestly. Yeah, I think it's just a good time. I, I, I like enjoyed Sophia it when Coppola, I watched it. And it's really one of my favorites of hers. I, I don't know. A favorite? Even better than The Beguiled or yeah. her Somewhere. 
I like somewhere. And I, I don't like, like somewhere, ads. even though that I understand. Well, I'm, a, I'm a Stephen Dorff. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Dorff is good in somewhere. Uh, he is good. He is actually plays that role well. Yeah. I mean, I have a problem with rich people, and ooh, yeah. there's no richer director than. Yeah, but I feel like she doesn't. She does try she to try like, and be anything else. No, and I've read interviews with her, and she's just like, "This is my experience." Like, yeah, I, so I like, need yeah. to. We can have that conversation about like who gets to direct and privilege yes, and nepotism, that's right. but I don't think she is unaware of that or tries to make movies that present her in any different light. You know, like did the, you ever see you, the story like the she did for New York somewhere. Stories? Uh, no. Yeah, she wrote the one as a child that. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, oh boy, I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Like the beguiled is an interesting like perspective on the kind of movies that she made. Yeah. Even though I still don't like it as much as a Clint I mean, Eastwood I, one. I get the flack she took for that mm. too, um, but I also think Oh yeah, I forgot not, about she that. She took a lot of flack for cutting out a certain character, yes, which I totally An get. African-American character but in the movie. I also get that she was trying to do something else with it, mm. and I... Yeah, I mean, who's to say whether that's right or wrong? I think the bigger issue is that there's just not enough directors, diversity in directors yeah. as there is to tell different stories. It's mm. not that Sofia Coppola is telling her stories. Yeah. It's that nobody else who isn't as privileged as her gets to tell their stories. Either. Yeah. So, so she's like, like listen, director, is it my fault that I'm rich and I get to make these exactly. movies? I mean, that's the thing. If I were her, if I was like, <laughs> my, you're like Ford you know what, you're right. And, yeah. like, and I had money and access to make movies, am I going to be like, I'm not going to make movies? Did I, the I Beguile know. tank her career? Cause I it mean, didn't... she won Best Director at Cannes for it. Oh, right? she did, yeah, yeah but she hasn't like done anything since then. Yeah, I mean, the Bill Murray Christmas ago. special. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think it was three, four years ago. No, it was two years ago. Okay, it wasn't that long ago. Yeah. She was supposed to do the Little Mermaid film. She was, yeah. And then she dropped out of that, so. Which is like, yeah. Yeah, who cares? Disney doesn't want no. unique directors. Get Kenneth Bride now to direct it. <laughs> exactly, he'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a Wonderful Life, another UHD another release. Year. Ooh, Christmas time is here. Yeah. It's a Wonderful Life I know. event. I mean, you know. Once Halloween ends, it's Christmas. I, I really hope it's a public domain release of this movie <laughs> yeah, on right. UHD. I always wonder like how black and white movies will do on UHD. Probably very but it's crystal selling clear. That very well. So I mean, I, let's be honest. A lot of the people who come to the store are of the older sort, they are, they and are. so they have nostalgia for these type of, of movies. And uh, they are they do have money because they're of an older generation. Though. Yes, that's true. So they've true. been buying UHD players. Now. <laughs> 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 Need to test it out. Um, this is a movie again that it's good. Yeah. Didn't grow up with it. Like I Wizard of Oz. I hated it when I first saw it as a kid. I thought it was really boring and just like, <laughs> no, no, it was I hated Jimmy Stewart and I thought he Why? was really annoying. I just couldn't get Stop behind it. Stop whining and he do just something. the entire movie. I'm like, get over yourself. But then He I, does whine the entire movie. Yeah. But I rewatched it again maybe 5, 6 years ago. Mm -hmm. My partner's a big fan of it and she we watched it again. I'm like, you know what? I actually relate to it way more now. <laughs> and I actually like I felt for him. Shackled you know? so, to this life you so, have. Yeah, I think it's just like different times. Yeah, I felt that's right. It, yeah, now that more people are suffering and exactly. they can't move I, forward in life, It's a Wonderful Life has never echoed. Even though that at no, the I end, agree. like uh, Jim uh, Jimmy Stewart lives in a giant house. I know. He does. <laughs> He's still more well off than a lot, than of, people, a lot so. of people probably watching the but movie. But the messages are still yeah. very relevant. Be happy with what you have <laughs> because if you don't um, live your life, the woman you love will become a librarian. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the the yeah, darkest of all time. Yeah. <laughs> Unloved. Yeah, right. I wonder if his wife was like, I was happier as a librarian. What did you do to me? I have all these I memories. Uh, I mean, if there's a guy, why does he even help Jimmy Stewart more? Why wasn't Jimmy Stewart like, why am I, why don't I have what other people have? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Man of a Thousand Faces is coming out from Arrow. Yep. Um, the uh, James Cagney plays Lon Chaney film, one that I've weirdly never seen. Yeah, I've never seen this either, but... Uh, <laughs> I'd say it's a topic that's very interesting, yeah. yeah. And Arrow doing the special edition doing, thing. Yeah, their Arrow Academy lines. And so. uh, the last classic that we have to talk about, <laughs> Back Red <to> Heat. <laughs> the UHD film. <laughs> Red Heat. Probably one of the... I don't want to say lesser Walter Hill films, director of the Warrior yeah. and the Driver, because then we have like we reassignment. Have a lot of Walter Hill movies. Yeah. Uh, Last Man bullet Standing. In the head, yeah. Oh, bullet in the head. I hate that movie. Oh, so bad. Yeah, I kind of like Last Man Standing. Oh, Last Man Standing is fun. Fun, yeah. Yeah, because it just it still feels like Walter Hill. Yeah. While while those other ones is the Walter Hill who's like I can add comic book transitions to things. Yeah. <laughs> That's weird that like as directors get older they get like John Carpenter syndrome where it's mm-hmm. like ooh an avid editing machine I can do. A as many phases yeah. as I can. It's like that, no. Like, recut of the Warriors, and he was oh. like, "I'm a new, I'm a new filmmaker now." It's like a bad one, I guess. Bad, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nobody sure. likes that. Can we not have this. I cut? mean, Red Heat. It stars the superior Belushi brother, Jim Belushi, Jim Belushi. <laughs> and Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, I liked Red Heat a lot when I was a kid, and you know, I, mean, I, was, I, I don't know how well it holds. The up last time days, I saw but... it, I was a little disappointed. Yeah. I think if I <laughs> watch it again, I would probably like it more. Yeah, uh, Arnold is really fun in it. Is, I remember yeah, he, Walter. Hill is kind of like that, you know, unshowy, just like make a straight action movie. Yeah. And I remember what's annoying about it is what's annoying about every Jim Belushi is a uh, performance is that he's such a jerk in the movie, really just is, a screaming yeah. asshole the entire time. <laughs> yeah. Supposedly like that in real life. Yes, that's what I've heard. Um, <laughs> Not so, the nicest guy to work with. No, which is really funny. The idea that Jim Belushi has an ego. How? Uh, know, How do you have an ego? You? Like from what? Who likes you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Likes, I don't who likes? Who is a Jim Belushi like fan? I mean, I liked him in Twin Peaks recently. Oh, he's great in like, Twin Peaks. Did you ever see that? Uh, I don't remember what it was called. It was like a stop motion animated show that like Dan Harmon worked on, and it was like a bunch uh, of monsters that lived yeah, in a castle. Yeah, it's very funny. I, I but didn't see it. There was an episode where um, they go back in time and save John Belushi, <laughs> but when he stops doing cocaine, he turns into Jim Belushi. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually funny. That's yeah. really good. Yeah. And everyone's like, "Oh, he's so lame. Give him more cocaine." <laughs> And that's what eventually yeah. killed him. <laughs> yep. Uh, so back uh, into the cult section. Uh, oh, yeah, that's why I skipped the classics, because we're now into more modern day yeah, cult stuff. We got two Wild Eye releases. Yep. Wild Eye being a company we've never really talked about. Because yeah, we talked about them when the Velocipaster came out. That's right. Yeah, yeah they are. a bit of a bigger uh, title. Yeah. Is it mean to say bargain bin kind of yeah, distributor they, of new films? Yeah, I mean, it's great. They give a lot of low-budget horror filmmakers uh, a they chance. They offer to like distribute yeah. Teddy Bomb. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you had dealings with them, right? <laughs> yes, um, uh, but they weren't going to pay anything, so I was like, yeah. I'd rather keep the rights. We don't often get a lot of their stuff in. Yeah, you didn't get bl- Bloody Ballerina, and I was no, like, well, I want to watch this movie. It just doesn't do well. I mean, The Lost of Pastor has done well because mm. that had a bit of a life outside. Yeah. Um, just, yeah, on the internet and everything. Uh, but, but these, these two... two uh, Plaguers is interesting only because it came out in 2008. Yeah, they're which, billing it as a 10th anniversary, although I guess it's 11 years. Who, who's <laughs> the fan of this movie? I don't know. I'd never heard of it before we ordered it, but I'm like, stars, you know what? Steve Rail's back. So oh, man. man. It stars Steve Rail's back, and he does a commentary <laughs> I know, on the movie. I know. It's actually got a lot of special features. Yeah, on Steve Rail's back being the um, star of Stuntman. Yeah. He played Charlie Manson in that yeah, uh, miniseries. Yep. But like, he is famous as like an alcoholic yeah, actor, yeah. so it's interesting that he's in these movies. He's uncredited in The Devil's Rejects. Right. Where recently I was like, hey, Steve Rail's back. And then I looked at the credit, uncredited. I wonder why. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he was like difficult on set and like Rob Zombie's like, possible. yeah, maybe. <laughs> so I'm curious, even though that this is one of the directors who Brad Sykes, who's directed like 
like 26 films since 1996, which, and you look at the titles and it's like Blood Camp or Just After Dawn. And you're like, what are these movies? How is this? Like, you look at that and, you know, me and Mark, we uh, fancy ourselves uh, filmmakers. (laughs) Yes. And we're like... How like how do you do this? How do you just keep making it? Like I, yeah, just I all kind of these guys. I guess uh, barriers or um, what is it? The uh, when you overthink things, they're just yeah. gone for these people. They're yeah. just like, I'm just gonna make it, and they can continue making it because they that confidence. I mean, any filmmaker listening to this, if you just go out and you're like, I'm just gonna make this, yeah. people will often follow because they're uh, yeah. like, if someone is leading and they feel confident. And it I, seems like once you start building mm-hmm. IMDb credits up too, no matter like yeah. it just starts rolling from there you're gonna but like it's, what i never understand is aren't people like well i've seen these films they're terrible like are the people so either, yeah. um, passionate that they're like this will be the good one yeah and when you're involved you're like oh i get it like this is the good one or is it just the 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 novelty and the magic of like making a movie I is enough for, and i think that's what I it think is it's partly that i yeah. think it seems like they have a lot of fun making these movies mm. and i really admire that like no matter what the end product is it just seems like you have a lot of people that just want to make movies or just having a good time and yeah. just want to continue that spirit of just like making art but where do they movie. get the money to make it I don't know <laughs> that's I mean, the question I mean, that I have movies are cheaper and cheaper to make these days so maybe it's just not costing maybe there's guys give me a ring do you have money are you yeah, are you, you funding know, players sell, I mean maybe they're just selling these to Netflix or streaming sites and they get a bit of money and then they're like I'm just gonna put it all into the next one and but how but where, how do they get that I don't know Please I don't give know me a call. I mean Let I'm me not know. talking from experience yeah. I do not know but I agree like that's the most logical thing yeah but it's it seems so far away it does, yeah. and like un- ungraspable ungra- that I'm like I don't I think understand. This idea, like at least for me, mm. it was like when I make movies, I gotta submit them to like a film festival, yes. and then through there it goes. And I tried submitting my shorts to film festivals; they didn't really go anywhere. But maybe that's but like, maybe that's not the way. No, you need to and like do it these anymore. guys yeah. have it, which is like you make the movie, you put it out, yeah. and then that's it, and exactly. then you move on to the next one. And then yeah. maybe one day, and then one day something hits, right? Yeah, I mean, but this guy, nothing has hit. I know. I, know. I haven't <laughs> seen any of these movies. No, me neither. I don't know who he is, but. Yeah. I like his style. <laughs> Me too. I like, I like that passion. Yeah, yeah exactly. Keep on trucking since 96. I really you, admire that. You yeah. never go like, oh my God, that movie costs so much money. Like, yeah. I can't make the bills. How am I going to continue doing this? Yeah. All the Brad Sykes and Mark Polonias out there, yep. right? Making a, a Sharkenstein, yeah, which exactly, I watched right? recently. <laughs> I mean, the guy that did the Robert movies, which we've talked about a lot, that guy's made like, Yeah, I mean, maybe like, they just get that connection through like, uh, but yeah. streaming doesn't even pay that much. No, I can't imagine. Like, it, does, it can't right? pay enough to even probably survive for a year and that's not counting probably the money you have to give to the people that make the movie exactly uh right? but yeah they don't pay people that make their movies let's yeah. be honest like yeah, yeah. you're impossible horror streaming right like, yeah that's right um but i'm not making i'm making no money exactly, on that yeah right? it's basically just out there that's the idea yeah um there's also uh, oh yeah wild i put out fury of the demon which is a movie i've been hearing for ages about interesting actually eh, yeah, it's no? all right yeah documentary though yeah. so it's a little out of their wheelhouse it's uh, um a movie about like uh cursed film and it's structured like a documentary where they interview like a bunch of like French kind of critics and directors Christophe Gain shows up for one scene to be like yeah I haven't seen the movie that's all he says (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I watch it I think it's an interesting experiment but it doesn't escalate it's only Uh, 60 minutes Um, it kind of reminds me of um, there's a book called Flicker written by a Canadian about like a cursed movie kind of thing which I really like there's also one called Throat Sprockets uh, written by Tim Lucas that I really like um, 
watching it, like, it came out, like, it played festivals, like, in 2016. Yeah, it's So I'm like, what took so long? And then watching it, I'm like, ah, yes, I yeah. understand. <laughs> but it's definitely worth the rental. Okay. Because I do like those um, kind of, like, mock docs. Uh, movies about movies are, like, some of my favorites, especially yeah. if they're, like, fictional things. Yeah. But this feels also like, oh, this is for French people. Because they'll know everybody okay. who's being interviewed, like, oh, it's the actual head of the Cinematheque. Or it's, right, like, okay. the guy who uh, created and runs Mad Movies, which okay. is a French genre magazine. But, uh, yeah, while that puts it out and like all their DVDs it's very cheap yeah so cheap. you know it's, yeah, we rent it so exactly to watch it um, we also have the human monster coming out from VCI uh, I, you know you putting out Bela Lugosi films just <laughs> printing <laughs> money right? Know, right and they've put this out in like a restored collector's edition mm-hmm. like they're really big in this one up and uh, I've never seen it I, I'm not I don't know a ton about Bela Lugosi honestly <gasps> you I haven't know. seen Bela Lugosi meets a Brooklyn gorilla no I haven't I want to <laughs> yeah. I like the idea of Bela Lugosi <laughs> I like the idea I like, of Bela Lugosi. I like Bela Lugosi. I like Martin Landau yeah, exactly. and his Academy Award <laughs> yeah, winning right? turn as Bela Lugosi and Ed uh, Wood. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, VCI, this is like their bread and butter, these kind yeah. of like third tier genre films, kind of trussing them up as a special edition. It has a David Del Vale commentary, who I really love. It also has a commentary by a Bela Lugosi biographer. Mm-hmm. So, again, it's like price to sell. Like yeah, they know it's that it's, it hasn't really been available no. on like public domain kind yeah. of releases. Like they've done a bunch, like Universal did a bunch of box sets and stuff mm-hmm. but this was never included on any of those yeah so. it's one that like if you look at the letterbox like popularity yeah. it's like way down yeah, on the list yeah. so that's interesting only because you know these films that there's probably a lot of good stories to tell about them mm-hmm. because they're the ones that don't get talked about that much exactly yeah um we also have scary movie uh, speaking of scary movie yeah right <laughs> no but it's a different it's one um released by agfa the american genre film archive yep. this is a movie that i actually love yeah i've uh, never seen this but i've always been yeah really- yeah, and probably the reason you haven't seen it, it, it never got an official yeah. VHS release. Uh, the director who made this, and he also made, which I don't think it's gotten released, I don't remember the title, A Noir in the 2000s, okay. that the gimmick was that it was all mannequins. So oh, there was really? no, like, live actors in <laughs> That's it. That's great. <laughs> and so, like, every, like, the camera can move, but it's always, like, they're always frozen in a yeah. pose before the shot starts. And Scary Movie was, like, his big try at, like, success, and it didn't get any distribution and because of that I think he kind of like gave up the filmmaking dream it was shot in Austin in the same around the same time as like Slacker right, and yeah. um, the those other you know big Austin films it stars John Hawks the yep. Oscar nominated uh, who also appeared in films like Road uh, Racers the Robert Rodriguez <laughs> yeah. film yep. wait there's another he's like cult one stuff yeah, yeah he's, like, he's really good yeah. and in this one he plays like a nebish um, kind of nerd that's for 45 minutes of the movie waiting in line to get into a haunted house <laughs> the whole premise is that like he's kind of scared to go in a haunted house and uh, an escape killer escapes at the right. same time and it's like is he in the haunted house is he not and it's just like John Hawks like freaking out it's fe- essentially playing Ichabod Crane nice. the entire movie and it's just really fun it's essentially a troll of a movie but once you know that going in yeah. it's like really funny and it can, it's not a slasher either so okay. if you're expecting that you will be disappointed but if you go in like it's like a vaguely slightly comedic repulsion okay. with John Hawks at the center of it in like 
a giant haunted like we look like the greatest kind of like yeah. local haunted house ever <laughs> then you'll enjoy it and it is a film that like I said it was released on VHS by the director in Austin on like a VHS he made himself I think he did a DVD maybe but it was a VHS for it okay. and Agfa went in scanned the negative it's a brand new transfer yeah. commentary with the director and uh, one of the Bleeding Skull guys and a bunch of short films that the director made as well so yeah, I love Agfa they're, they're the best killing it with their releases right and like this is one that for a long time I think maybe the director was kind of like I don't want to put it out like people had approached him before yeah. and he had turned them down so this is actually kind of a big deal that it's finally coming out so yeah, yeah if you want something if you're listening to this I guess it would come out on November 1st yeah. so if something spooky yeah. I hear everybody celebrating Halloween this weekend exactly so right? yeah it's closer to this weekend pick it up on Blu-ray um, I get every ag for release pretty much so yeah. yep it's and more combo packs too so even if you don't have a Blu-ray player okay what are I you know, doing if you're buying this <laughs> some people hear that and they're like I don't have a Blu-ray player uh, if you're buying scary movie <laughs> and you don't have a Blu-ray player we need to sit down and have a talk <laughs> what is going on right you're buying like <laughs> all thirty dollar blu-rays yeah. a blu-ray player costs like seventy dollars nothing now, yeah people. i tell this to people all the time i would I, th- I would think it would have been cheaper like i would think it'd still be like 30 50 bucks and it's still yeah. the 70 dollar I mean, range black friday or boxing day yeah you'll get them up. cheap like you can get them and they're small cheap. and they work yep. and so like you just get, just a get a Blu-ray Blu-ray player. you can play Please. all your dvds it's fine yeah <laughs> wait do my dvds work in this <laughs> don't ask me that <laughs> Don't ask me it, please. Um, and, you know, uh, saving the best for last, the oh, yeah. big release this week. Yeah, it's taking us a while to get to this. Yeah, like, Godzilla, <laughs> the Showa era collection. Yeah. And if people aren't wondering what Showa means, it's uh, the Godzilla films are separated between who was emperor at the time in right. Japan, because that's how periods are measured. And Showa is essentially all the classic Godzilla films. After that, yep. it's the Hensei, which are the 90 films, and then Millennium series, which, right. <laughs> you know, for Emperor Millennium. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love him. Yeah. Um, I mean, you've admitted uh, that you are not that big of a Godzilla file. That, it's just because of unfamiliarity. I mm. never was introduced to that. I'm not a big Honestly, Godzilla file first... because I haven't watched the movie. Oh, no, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's really that how it works, works right? Yeah. Um, but I'm interested. I, I really uh, like what I've seen. I mean, the, look, my first introduction to Godzilla was like the Matthew Broderick Godzilla. Oh, when so I was a bad. Kid, so I was like, so excited so this, for this that movie. This is where I start. Yeah, me too. Just because I like Independence Day. He's so giant. Like, His foot is bigger than the than the, than the the dinosaur skeleton. Wait a minute. It's, it's not that big. He's not no, that big. That's a lie. It's so bad. I remember as a kid, like, that's what one of the movies, along with, I think, Batman Forever, which I didn't like, and I know you probably I loved. Love Batman. Yeah, it's one of those movies which I'm like, maybe movies can be bad. <laughs> yeah, okay. I think Godzilla was one of the first ones for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so. I, spent I was just so excited. An and... exorbitant for however old I was uh, amount of money on the like tie-in film magazine was like the big oh like God, glossy yeah. pages, yep. and like even at the time I was like Godzilla doesn't look like Godzilla. <laughs> like I wasn't even familiar that nah. much with Godzilla iconography, but yeah. I knew it was bad. Even though that I've rewatched it recently, uh, the American oh, yeah. one, and it's kind of fun. Yeah, I feel it's like really now, goofy. Yeah. No it for what it is, mm. I could get more enjoyment out of it. Uh, the two, I think the mayor and his assistant are like Mayor um, Ebert and uh, oh, Cisco. They? Yeah, uh, I think they get killed. By... <laughs> is it a joke? Uh, it's barely a joke. 
<laughs> and uh, Mossy Broderick is really bad in it. God, that's and it's stupid hat he wears. <laughs> and um, Jean Renault, who just oh wants an God. American yeah, coffee. <laughs> and like the weird, like the ripoff, the Jurassic Park, like yeah. Velociraptor stuff. Oh, so lame. Yeah. But like, yeah, after, but I have seen the original, original Godzilla, mm-hmm. and I really like it. I think yeah, it's, it's great. great. I just haven't watched anything past it. I, I think it's just because it feels daunting to me. There's yeah, there's so too many, many of them. them. And this, now that the Godzilla sets out now, I'm more interested in getting into them because they're all laid out, at least the first yeah. 15. Or and they're available to rent at uh, basically we video as well. We rent yeah. So definitely if you're not even that familiar and just want to get into them. You know, I posted a top out, yeah. five on Twitter to Clue J of my favorite Godzilla films and people were shocked that I didn't have actually that many from this set. And it's just because, like, um, I, I tried to make a list that has all the flavors of Godzilla. Yeah. My favorite Godzilla movie of all time is obviously Yue Kitamura's Godzilla Final Wars. Okay. okay. Which is one yeah. of the most amazing movies of all time. <laughs> which we, uh, me, uh, Peter, pretty much, Peter Kapowski, my programmer at the Laser Blast Film Society, pretty much, like, killed himself to program for my birthday right. last year. I think I told you that story. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if I told it on this podcast, but Toho, which is a big deal for the set, is not very lenient about how they treat their Godzilla film, which yeah. is why they're often released by, like, weird companies that exist only to release the movies with no special features, and the fact that you're getting as much as you're getting in this set is amazing. Yeah. And I really like the Yun Fukuda films, which is he shoots the Godzilla fights like handheld and stuff, but the, uh, people consider he made the sillier films because he did, like, Son of Godzilla, yeah. and that uh, Godzilla vs. Megalon, which people may know from Mystery Science Theater 3000, because it has Jet Jaguar in it, <laughs> the guys whose face looks like Jack Nicholson. Um, <laughs> Um, and Godzilla's Revenge is a favorite of mine, which is one of the most hated Godzilla films about the little kid and he meets um, Manila or Minya, depending on which version you're watching, the son of Godzilla who looks like a deformed, kind of like just horrible looking monster. <laughs> and that's the one complaint I have about the set, which is that they did not include the English dub of Godzilla's Revenge, where uh, Godzilla's son, he talks like this the entire time. <laughs> Don't be afraid. I won't hurt you. Uh, you probably have in the store. Okay. Remember there was the the Godzilla releases that were in those silver boxes? Yeah, we you have them for rent, all those right? for rent, so. Yeah, people yeah. should actually pick them up because the, those yeah, are we've long out of print. They are. And they, they have are. commentaries that are nowhere else yep. as well. Mm-hmm. And that English dub that I'm talking about. Exactly. But only do that after you buy the Showa box set. Yeah, which, which is beautiful. <sighs> I don't like how big it, like, like how big and thin it, it is. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't fit anywhere on my shelf. I know. I mean, it's a little more. It's a little easier to handle than the Ingmar Bergman yes. set last year, which was like, like massive, a, a tomb. It was so heavy mm. too. This is like you know they're trying to do it like a thin book yeah. that you can and, slide. And actually, the, the book inside of it is really informative, like the information yeah. that they give for each movie and the original art that they got for it. And I mean, the set also includes my second favorite Godzilla movie of all time: Godzilla versus the Smog Monster, okay. or Godzilla versus Hador. Hedera, if you want to be like, eh, yeah. you know, Smog Monster is easier to say. <laughs> yeah. And that is, if you want to start with one, uh, Mark, you should see that one because okay. it's from a director who only made one Godzilla movie and actually didn't direct after that. Okay. And it is just a hallucinatory, trippy movie right. about a monster that represents pollution oh, who, cool. like, goes uh, over cities and turns people into skeletons. Okay. And that there's, like, animated sequence and there's a song on the English dub that's like, save the earth. It's like a disco <laughs> dancing number. Right. And, like, Godzilla's, like, bleeding all over the place in it. It ends with him, like, ripping the monster apart, like, okay. ripping its face off. So, yeah, I would okay. recommend that so one to check so out. That's, so I don't need to watch these in order. No, you don't need. There's no 
chronology to any of them. Okay. Uh, so yeah, you can just go jump in and watch whichever you want. I would okay. recommend that one. I will. I will. Godzilla's okay. Revenge because it's also kind of a clip show, so you get all the best oh, okay. bits cool, from the ones cool. before. Yeah. Just what I need. <laughs> and uh, Godzilla vs. Megalon is one that people really like. And then if you want to do the Ashura Honda kind of classic stuff, um, right. you can watch like uh, what is Godzilla vs. Mothra, okay. Ghidorah, the three-headed monster. Don't start with Destroy All Monsters, okay. which looks like the coolest one. Yeah. I but it's not really like very that. boring. No? Okay, very okay. boring. Yeah. yeah, I am a destroy all monsters naysayer. Okay, I am okay. in the because I knew a lot of people that were like big fans of that one. And I think one of the reasons for that is that it was one of the ones that in uh, the late '90s, early 2000s, got a huge push. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was re-released theatrically, but it had like an amazing cover art where it's like all oh, the monsters yeah, fighting yeah. in like a Frank Frazetta style pose. Yep. And I think that's why a lot of people have, especially in North America, nostalgia for that one. Yeah, uh, because they probably saw it when they were kids and they were. Very impressionable, but it's it doesn't deliver what you want, which is okay. like all the monsters fighting all the time. I know, yeah, yeah, that's all you like want. That. Uh, so yeah, Godzilla Show era, pick it up before yeah. it goes out of print because I think it will. You think fairly so? quick? Yes, because okay. Toho, the way that they are, because, yeah. yeah, their releases don't usually last that long. Like okay. that Godzilla box set that I mentioned that has the commentaries on it yeah. was everywhere for yeah. like a year, oh, yeah. and now it goes for five hundred dollars if you want to buy yeah. it. Well, it's incredibly out of print. We got tons of them still here. It's Criterion's one mm. thousandth release. Yeah, too, so, so it's a big deal. I mean, you were saying that you think it'll stay in print because it's their one thousand. Thought, fine, but I right? mean, you know more about yeah, yeah. Toho and their weird rights. And yeah, stuff, so. and weird kind of like maybe yeah. they'll panic and so say, oh, we can happen. do better. That's the thing. I mean, we thought like the Bergman set was going to go to print right away and that's still available. Mm-hmm. But like back in the day, they released that big Kurosawa set. Yeah. And that went out of print like with Instantly, year, yeah. So. That's right. So, they, yeah, you never know. They never did a Blu-ray of that Kurosawa because no, that was in their DVD, DVD only fame. Yeah. yeah. My brother bought that. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. he had that at home and he's like, I haven't even dug into this yet. There's so many yeah, movies. we only sold a handful and then we just couldn't get it. Oh, that I mean, sucks. This was before I even worked here. All right, so now it's the part where most people <laughs> reach over to their podcast player and, and they turn it off because we're going to talk about new, new movies. No, nah, there's some new movies that actually yeah. there's a lot of bad movies. <laughs> But, you know, when, oh, will our good friends Bruce Willis and Nicolas Cage make an appearance? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh, so we have Gwen, um, a 2018 movie, yeah. which is desperately trying to hold everything together. <laughs> Gwen, I, I hope people are listening are like, is Bruce Willis in this yeah, one? No, yeah. No, this, this, this is, is a, not the Bruce Willis No, film. this is a the Bruce Willis film, Gwen. Uh, this is a British film yeah. uh, directed by a British TV director. Um, yeah, it looks, it's a horror it kind creepy of. creepy from the cover. Yeah, I but it's know. supposedly not a horror film. Yeah, it's, it's like a drama. Like a mystery yeah. uh, Welsh kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, we also have Legend of the Demon Cat, the yep. contractual Welgo release. Well, it's Chen K. Yeah. Oh, this, man. Right? What a sellout. Yeah. Well, yeah. Chen K. Is it Chen K or Chen, Chen K? K? Yeah. There's a yeah. G E at the there's end of his G, name. Yeah. But yeah. he was one of the, he was part of that, uh, ooh, is it fifth generation? I'm probably getting it wrong, yeah. of Chinese filmmakers uh, who came out of like um, the Beijing film yeah. school. And he made kind of like very difficult um, uh, confrontation films like Pharaoh and My Concubine yep. which was about the Cultural Revolution mm-hmm. and then one day he went you know what screw this I'm just going to sell out yeah. like I'm just going to work for mainland China and so he made The Promise this mm-hmm. big budget bloated wuxia yeah. he's made a bunch of films since then a lot of them that haven't actually really gotten American releases he made and, a hilarious English language film too oh was it Richard Gere killing me softly with Heather Graham and Joseph Fiennes oh Fiennes. Joseph Fiennes yeah uh, it's a really hilariously bad 
erotic thriller from oh. like the early 2000s. Someone so. should do a retrospective yeah, of like his, uh, crummy um, <laughs> American films made by foreign directors. So you yeah. could have the um, Kevin Bacon film directed by the guy who directed Unkbuck. I don't oh, remember what yeah. it's called. It's an action yeah. film. Um, you could have The Flock, the film that stars Richard Gere, yep. directed by Andrew Loud, the director bad, but... of Infernal Affairs. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and that um, Chen K one. Oh, God. What it's an bad. evening of movies really that would bad. be. Uh, um, I mean, I actually like but, The Promise because it's so bloated okay. and crazy. Legend of the Cat, I do not like. It's funny. I saw the trailer for this. Uh, and, like, even on the cat, it's, uh, it, you know, you see they sell it on, like, a demon cat, which I'm mm-hmm. all down for. Yeah. They don't put the demon cat anywhere on the cover. I don't know. Is, like, the demon cat, like, actually that demonic in it? It's like, I no. Saw the trailer. So they don't even it, show a demon cat. It has a problem with, like, a lot of mainland Chinese films, these ones, they start amazing and they're fun and they're goofy. Mm-hmm. And then for the last hour, it just kind of dips in boring yeah. melodrama. And it's, it's, I don't know if it's like a censorship issue because a lot of the movies do that to the yeah. point that it's, it feels more like a mandate than okay. like something that directors arrive to organically. Even though Legend of the Cat, they built like the lost city. Yeah. Like the forbid- mean, they like built it, it up completely. Yeah, it they looks, built a whole city for this movie. Very expensive. Yeah. yeah. Probably because the director is like, ah, oh, you know, I, yeah. I will do whatever you want, mainland China, <laughs> as long as you give me whatever I want. Yeah. And you know, no problems that way. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if people are curious, check it out. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I just yeah, wish it was yeah. better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a movie called Legend of the Demon Cat should be better. Yeah, it should have an evil demon cat should in be it. Better, yeah. All right, so we have here, is it Loose or Luck? I haven't actually seen this film yet. I don't know. I know that's the name of the main character in it. Mm. Um, a married couple is forced to reckon with their idealized image of their son, adopted from war-torn Eritrea. I'm definitely saying that name wrong. After an alarming discovery by a devoted high school teacher threatens his status as an yeah. all-star student. This was a huge hit at Sundance earlier this it year. It was? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and was it one been... of those big sales? And then like, I think so, yeah. And no one went to go see it, and they're like... Apparently it's pretty good, though. I, mm-hmm. It came out theatrically back in the summer. I and did I remember love... seeing the, really good reviews for it. The um, Cloverfield Paradox, directed by the same director. It is the same director as that. Um, that is sarcasm. Yeah, Cloverfield Paradox is that. very bad. It's very bad. <laughs> it's got a few moments. That was so. the last time I was like, well, I gotta see this on Netflix. Everyone's know, talking right? about it, and now it's like, no, thank yeah, you. Yeah, same with me. I actually was like, okay, this is a Netflix premiere I can get excited about. A Netflix premiere that they waited till after the Super Bowl to announce. Could there be a reason for that? Perhaps. (laughs) Awful. Awful. Uh, But yeah, Um, I mean, people say it's good. actually supposed to be really good. Mm. Um, It has an award caliber cast. Mm. Andy Watts, Tim Roth, Octavia Spencer's in it, and the lead actor's supposed to be really excellent. And I could see it ending up on some year-end lists. I mean, it makes sense that like a movie like this would prompt J.J. Abrams to like hire the director for the Cloverfield Paradox. Like, ah, this young and upcoming filmmaker who's got stuff to show and instead it kind of like yeah yeah but you know what now you're talking me into it yeah i'm like i'm curious now give it a try um we also have another awards contender (laughs) ruin me uh that falls in the category of uh slasher haunts i know another like part camping trip part haunted house part escape room yeah i mean like it this one came out in 2017 though right so it came before all those other ones yeah so it's been on shutter apparently for a while on that mm. streaming service and now it's finally coming out on disc. Streaming! Oh! I know, Shutter's <laughs> releasing some of their stuff now, like Gwen as well as one of those, but mm. um, I don't know. Is it like I like the idea of it. I feel like it's going to be pretty bad. Maybe. Yeah, uh, usually when stuff ends up direct to streaming, it's, there's uh, one, a uh, a reason. You know, Shudder picks up a few, like, really acclaimed films, yeah. but... I mean, yeah. like, the idea of, like, films appearing on uh, platforms like Shudder, I like because it's like, oh, this couldn't have much of a theatrical yeah. life, and because people don't know it, then um, 
it's tough to sell on physical media, totally. but if it's on streaming and it's free to people's eyes, they'll watch it. Yeah. Like Impossible Horror. Come on, guys, exactly. check it out on Amazon Prime. <laughs> Have you heard about this movie called Impossible Horror? Horror? Or, you know, uh, Shutter, pick it up. <laughs> I will take it off of Amazon yep. Prime. Um, I remember going to a film festival, one of the guys who like programmed for Shutter, like the main guy was there, and I'm just like staring at him as he walked by. I'm like, I'm right here, man. Just <laughs> right here. make an offer. Why not? Yep. Uh, it never happened. But, you know, I, I kind of like that if they are putting their movies, are they like bare bones really? Do you know DVD yeah, only? Pretty ah, no, ooh. some are Blu-rays. Well, okay. like Gwen has a Blu-ray. Ruin Me is just DVD. That is a funny judgment on the filmmaker, right? Where you're like, sure. it's DVD only. A Blu-ray, Which yeah. is weird because like the cost analysis between what a Blu-ray costs and a DVD is not that no. much. Yeah. Like, I think maybe you could get blue. You know, DVDs for fifty cents, Blu-rays will probably go for seventy-five yeah. cents. Yeah. So maybe they like weigh it, and they're like, "It's not worth yeah, it." Exactly. Right. <laughs> um, we also have uh, Satanic Panic, a new yeah. release from Fangoria. Did you watch this one? I didn't yet. I'm kind of intrigued, but I feel like it's one of those that could be really bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like the cat, like Jerry O'Connell, most very briefly, of. like five minutes. Oh, of really? Time. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's he's very funny. Um, it's a movie that. I enjoyed it, yeah, as okay. you can tell from that long yeah. silence that I took. <laughs> it's a stylist film, though, okay. which is something that always bugs me. It's like, oh, just put the camera down and shoot it. And it's yeah. like, oh, come on, man. Like, <laughs> why does it look like a TV show? Right. I understand maybe time. Maybe it's like, oh, we don't have time to do it any other way. We have to shoot it with, like, a bunch of cameras to get mm. coverage. But I think it's also a, a matter of, like, no, not making a decision and being like, oh, right, we'll just shoot it like this and we'll figure out a yeah. post. And it's like, no, go in with a directorial vision. And that's always more interesting than, mm -hmm. like, just shot from, like, multiple angles. Like, all the DTV action films that star people like Bruce Willis all look that way, know, that they're, like, like stylists. And I guess they made their day. Yeah. It has a fun script by Grady Hendrix, who okay. people may know from um, My Best Friend's Exorcism. He wrote those yeah. books. And he also wrote one called, um, oh, it's about, like, an evil band. I can't remember what the title. And uh, the one about the haunted Ikea store. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I know Grady Hendrix mostly yeah. as a guy who loves... Asian cinema, and he wrote. He used to write an amazing um, article called Keiju Shakedown" mm -hmm. in for Film Comment, and he's like one of the most knowledgeable guys when it comes to Asian cinema. So the movie does have a feeling of like the Black Magic Shaw Brothers films. Okay. Like it's very involved with like rituals and like counter rituals and like weird and people like vomiting maggots. That's fun, yeah. And it's something that you don't usually see in these kind of movies, like lore and mythology behind right. them. But if there was just that style behind it I to know. back it up, that's I the know. frustrating part. Yeah. But uh, yeah, if people are curious. I would recommend checking it out. I think maybe people that are less, um, I don't know, uh, critical than yeah. me would probably enjoy it. Okay. Like just as a watch, like, oh yeah, this yeah. is fun, like a rental, Halloween like, yeah. Movie, yeah. Uh, directed by uh, Chelsea Stardust, an up-and-coming director. Yeah. So, you know, why not? Check go, it right? out. Um, we also have VHS Liz, a schlockumentary. Yeah. <sighs> another, documentary another documentary about VHS. <laughs> I know. That's what I always feel about these. Uh, and this is the first two. There's a second part of this. Okay. Too. So this guy, I looked it up, the director, Tony yeah. Newton. He has produced, directed, or written 46 things since 2016. Oof. It's got to be a money laundering what? racket, yeah, right? What's going on here? <laughs> yeah. A lot of them are like short film compilations, like yeah. exploitation. Okay. But that is, that's that, an insane that is an insane amount of credit. Three for years. three years so I mean if you guys want I mean I haven't seen this so I can't really comment on it uh, yeah. maybe it's on SOV movies which hasn't really been a documentary about yeah, that yet yeah they should do that mm -hmm. um, I mean the one I my know. favorite uh, documentary about like VHS collecting is I can't think of the titles now they all have rewind in them um, well, the one the only one I just your tracking that's what oh, I like. okay. yeah, that yeah, one yeah. Good? that's yeah, one yeah really we had good. that here too and that one is 
more about like really like crazy VHS collectors. Okay. So it's a very like specific image on that, and yeah. it's very sad, but also very funny. <laughs> and it's a documentary that caused me to reorganize my entire collection by genre, which nice. was a mistake. Uh, Don't do that, kids. It may seem like a fun idea, and then you're gonna be like, "Where the hell are th- is this I movie? Know. I want to find." I like to rewind this. Yes. When that came out, I thought that was fun. I mean, it's a bit more general. Yeah, a little bit more general. It plays more to a bit of like a general audience, Mm -hmm. but I think that was a good one. Yeah. That's the only one I've seen out of these kind of ways. I mean, if you guys want a a good Christmas present, you should get the book Analog Nightmares by Richard Moog, which goes through uh, chronologically every shot on video film that was released since the beginning to the end. It's available on Amazon. He self-published it, but it's great, and it took him years to put together, so I would highly recommend it. Not available at Pay Street Video, (laughs) but if you keep bugging Mark, yeah, He'll, maybe uh, we'll bring books, books in. in. <laughs> Just people need to buy yeah, it. Yeah, books. Um, all right, now we got to the good stuff. Uh, wait, oh no, I forgot. Warrior Season 1 also came out. Um, the yeah, Cinemax show. I Loved I it. i this, but it's Bruce Lee related, mm. right? No? Sure, know. yeah. Is that the hook of it? it yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that's how they've been selling it as, like, yeah. based on notes that Bruce Lee made. It's like, <laughs> oh, okay, 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 sure so really. it is. No. Uh, but it's actually great. It's like um, a martial arts show that is not ashamed to be a martial arts show. Cool. So there's like fights every episode. It's kind of like the Nick. I don't know if you saw that Steven Soderbergh show. Still haven't. I meets uh, Banshee, which was another Cinemax right. show, and actually show it's actually show run by the same person yeah so it's actually super fun like the fifth episode is a bottle western episode where they oh, get cool. like it's a siege in like a western bar the entire show and yeah it's just really fun it's ridiculously violent like all these cinematic show, like throats are ripped nice. out and actually has like real martial arts by okay. people who could actually shoot it and know what they're doing which is only something that's become apparent in the last mm, i don't know five years yeah. of media in north america <laughs> so very refreshing and it's one that people actually haven't watched that much of but yeah, it got picked up for it's a second season, so yeah. um, I would recommend checking it out. All right. It it. Now we can get to the good part. Now the good stuff. Yeah. yeah. All right. So here. I am guaranteed you watch these movies. <laughs> How was Score to Settle uh, uh, starring Nick Cage? Uh, it's bad. I mean, okay. <laughs> well, I mean, the, All right, what is the, the Cage le- scale? The scale of Nick Cage movies these days. What know? is the worst that you can think in recent memory of a in Nick Cage? recent memory. Yeah. That you're uh, like, I wouldn't even recommend it. Because you love the Adjustment Bureau, right? The Adjustment Bureau? Yeah, that's an occasion. The Humanity Bureau. Humanity Bureau, sorry. <laughs> Not the Matt <laughs> the Damon adjust- one where everyone that? wears hats. I did like the Humanity Bureau. I would say the worst recently would be stuff like 211. That was really okay. bad. It was like a, Left Behind? It's like a, Left Behind was really yeah. bad. Yeah, that was just boring. You know, I... I'm okay with them being bad. It's just don't be boring, I think, mm. is my main thing. And those when it's boring, then, then that's bad. Score to Settle is more boring, unfortunately. Yeah. It's got a few moments that are, like, good Nick Cage moments. But it's one of those movies that he kind of just sleepwalks through, uh, which boo, he does like a he lot. Barely show, is he in it and, throughout, or yeah, he only yeah, show up for no, one No, he's seat. the star. He's the okay. star. It's basically he plays a guy. And it's such a banal, standard plot that's basically been the plot of, like, a hundred other DTV or even Nick Cage DTV. Yeah. He's like a guy, an ex-con. He was like a mob guy, just gets out of prison. Mm. And now he's trying to, he has a Wait. stash of money set away. So he's finding that. And he's got a son who he hasn't seen Wait. since he was a kid. This is a great just, version of that movie. What is it? What is it called? It's the one with like Guy Pierce that he goes to the candy machine and like oh, makes it. And that's the one that yeah. has the famous trailer where it's like, Nick, how do they, they're like, Nicholas Cage um, in the trailer. It's seek, in New Orleans. That's uh, Seeking Justice. Seek, Wait, is that, it Seeking Justice? It's Seeking Justice. That's where his wife is raped and 
Yeah. Maybe I'm thinking Maybe of a different one. A, no, you're thinking of Stolen. Maybe. Stolen. That's what I'm that's thinking of. Josh Lucas. Oh, Josh guy. Lucas. Josh Lucas plays the bad guy. Yeah. Um, that's also bad, but you know, it's, it's got some more fun. It's got some moments. Yeah, that yeah, one's yeah. got some moments. Um, but not this one. This the one, score to it's settle. Just, it's cheap. It's all filmed in Canada, like Ugh. a lot of these movies are, but not supposed to be. Probably stylist as well. Rural Ontario. Yeah. It look. It's like. Don't sell it to me. Rural Ontario. It looks bright and like overblown. Yeah. It just. It's just not not good. Well, um, you like the Nicolas Cage film, the one where his uh, dead wife possesses the daughter of the uh, woman. That he, Between Worlds. Between if you Worlds. Want a great, crazy DTV recent Nick Cage yeah. movie. Go Between Worlds. <laughs> I like people. If you thought Mandy was crazy, and I like Mandy a lot. Yeah, yeah. This movie is insane. I don't know what the thought process behind Between Worlds. Uh, but was, see, but I like, like Between Worlds more than I like Mandy, only because Mandy is a little self aware. Yeah, that's And fair. you feel that people are going like, "Go crazy, Nick Cage." Between Worlds, I feel that the director had no yeah, idea what was going on. Was yeah. going, it's like it's a weird like David Lynch homage well, for it, like most of it. It has a like, score by the Angelo. The theme um, is by Angelo Badalamenti. It's basically just the Twin Peaks theme kind <laughs> yeah. of reworked. A bit, if you read so. interviews with the director. Of between worlds like she has no idea know, what's right? going on it's kind of amazing so um yeah um, I, would yeah, that I don't one. know it's like if you're a nick cage completist like myself you're gonna watch it mm. it's fine it's not like the worst thing he's ever done he made it he was in another movie recently that just started streaming called running with the devil i was gonna say like, i said have you seen really? running with the devil uh, i even made a note here that said oh yeah Did we talk about this <laughs> we have not uh that just that's not a dvd yet but it's streaming now um that was really bad Lawrence fishburne well. Yeah, Lawrence Fishburne. They all just embarrass themselves. And <laughs> that's it's the more, one that's like a snatch trying, one, right? That's the thing. It's trying to be more of like a Guy Ritchie snatch thing. Uh, it's why? like all these Stop criminals. It. And it's like the jokes are not funny. And Did the director wake up from bad. like a coma from like 2001? <laughs> I know, right? So uh, that, yeah. I would say almost a score to sell is a little better than that. There's another Nick Cage film. Is more taking itself more seriously, which to me makes it more funny. Yes. But, when it's goofy, it's yeah. not good. But what there is, is a new Nick Cage film coming out soon called Primal, which is going to start screaming. Street screaming, <laughs> streaming any day now. Streaming Have you early, seen it? No, not yet. It starts streaming early. People said it's good though, right? Well, it's him. He's like a big game hunter on a. Sh- it's like snakes on a plane, but it's like big game animals on a boat. And no, and he's a big game hunter. That sounds like the greatest plot great. ever. So I feel like it's not going to live up to that. But. I was like looking at his filmography, and I was shocked to find there's like more before that there's one called Kill Chain that came out did you see it that one it hasn't come out yet actually it's, and supposedly like that this, one he doesn't star in it year. Yeah, and he yeah. bookends the film exactly. even though the trailer I, makes yeah. it look like he stars so in I it. think that's coming out soon he's got so many movies that are coming out do you think the, the directors of these movies like they want to do a good job or are they just like listen it's my job it it's like I'm working in an office yeah I think so nine to five it depends. I think like a score to like a score to settle is actually directed by a guy named Sean Koo, who made a film called Beautiful Boy, not the recent one with Timothy Chalamet, okay. but from like ten years ago with uh, Maria Bello mm. and uh, Michael Sheen about their son is like a school shooter and oh, kills himself, wow. and then they're de- they're like dealing, dealing with, with the aftermath. After. <laughs> it's like it played a tiff. It was yeah. kind of like an acclaimed. It was like pretty decent. I remember seeing it at the time, and he hasn't made anything. Until this. this. Yeah. So it's like they do get some directors who did some work. I wonder if they work like a television commercial for TV. I think I read an interview with him, too, about this. And he seems to, like, think he's making a better film than he's actually made. Mm. So I don't know. I mean, the director of Between Worlds, she kind of came out of nowhere. I don't know. Who she is. I feel like there's a vision there. I don't know. I don't know what it is. is, It's so weird. I appreciate that. I mean, if we can get that, like, the non, um, I guess, jokey Nick Cage. Yeah. Like, people are all excited about, like... um, there's a, uh, I guess, a remake of The Banana Splits, but starring Nick Cage that's coming yeah. out. And it's like, yeah. oh, but I know what that movie is going to be. Like, I'd rather a serious Nick Cage. Yeah, I don't 
I, yeah, I also don't like when the director would, like, just be crazy. Like, I, I don't like that either. I like when he is just given a role, a performance, and he is just puts his own weird, unique spin on it without having to, like, you've got to do a crazy scene now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you feel like, that. Yeah, you, that's you, why I didn't, like, I wasn't a big fan of Mom and Dad, honestly, because I felt like it was just like, okay, Nick, just be crazy in this scene. Just yeah. be crazy in the scene. And you're like, okay. Like, All right. And after, it's okay at first, but then after a while, it's like, but this isn't the... I like when the craziness organically comes out of so his, like, role sometimes. So you're more like, of a fan sometimes. of, like, Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance. I love Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance. You do? Yeah, you're I do. the only person who I has do. ever said that. It's way way better than Ghost Rider. I mean, everything Ghost is better Rider, than yeah. Ghost Rider. Uh, Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance is one of those films yeah. that, like, we sat in the audience, me and my friends, and, like, it ended, and a friend who was the biggest Neville Dean and Taylor fan, <laughs> oh, I won't name his name, yeah. it may have been already mentioned on this podcast, yeah. looked at me with such sadness in his eyes, because <laughs> he was like, what the hell was that? <laughs> a film that the entire climax, which is uh, Ghost Rider jumping from pickup truck to pickup truck, yeah. is ruined in the trailer. I know. <laughs> That's how little movie they had. Look, may- maybe Grade is too strong. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't say it's one of my favorite Nick Cage movies, it has but an, I was pleasantly surprised. You know what? It. it has an amazing like 90-minute documentary on the Blu-ray where they oh, essentially yeah. admit that the movie is bad. Oh, okay. At one point, they have a test screening, and they're like, yeah, we don't know. You know, you write this, you rewrite it, you don't even know if it's good anymore. Yeah. And it's like, I know what you're saying without <laughs> actually saying it. And Nick Cage has proven to be an insane man oh, on yeah. that movie. Yeah, like he was committed. You could tell he was into it. Like yeah. even more into it than the first Ghost Rider. <laughs> Where his love of jelly beans and, uh, dominated. Yeah, and he loves that character. I know that for a fact. So. He's like, why can't I <laughs> be in a good Johnny movie? Blaze, yeah. <laughs> Johnny Blaze. All right. Anyways. Beep, so. beep, 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 beep. Oh, whoa, it's Willis Watch. <laughs> Do we have any Bruce Willis movie uh, playing? <laughs> oh, it's actually funny. Yeah, one of the guys who, one of the co-workers who worked here actually <laughs> saw the poster for it and it's like, wow, this is the baldest movie ever made. <laughs> It's not only does it have Bruce Willis, it's got Michael Chiklis as well. I made a joke. Both on the cover, looking bald I, as hell. I don't know how it happened, but the trailer started playing when I was at a friend's house yesterday, <laughs> and I was like, oh, is Michael Chiklis playing an older Bruce Willis that <laughs> yeah. has let himself go a little bit? <laughs> they honestly look so similar, though, on the, the cover brothers. that it's like they almost look like the same person. It's like strange. a deformed twin of some <laughs> yeah, kind. It's a movie um, that the trailer, I played a game, which was, is Bruce Willis in the same room the entire movie? <laughs> he is! He is! There was one. One shot of him being somewhere else. (laughs) They cannot get him for more than one day. Who are the Bruce Willis fans still out there who are renting and buying these movies? I have not seen this film. I know you're probably disappointed. I'm very... You don't have the love for Bruce Willis that you have. I'm not as... You know, I was watching a lot of these for a while, but then after a certain (laughs) point... You could only be burned so much. They were literally the same movie. They were all boring. And Bruce Willis, you're right, is in a room. Yep. And Bruce Willis... Often sitting down Steven Seagal style. Bruce Willis I just don't find as entertaining... Unless hey, what's going I, on? I did love Bruce Willis back in like the Moonrise Kingdom. You know, yeah, you know, yeah. He's good yeah, at stuff he's like good that. Stuff. In these DTV movies, he doesn't. It's like with Nick Cage. At least I'm gonna get a little bit Nick of Nick like, Cage that is Nick committed. Cage committed. Yeah, Bruce it. Willis supposedly like complains all yeah. the time on like set Travolta, as well. Like I prefer Travolta DTV because yes. he's committed to. Yeah, Willis just seems why like he, why he is just he making like these dick. movies? Like he shows up, takes the paycheck. Sure, I'll sit in a room. And he's like, this is shit. Okay, I'm out of here. You need reshoots? Fuck you. Yeah, you know. He just, Why? I mean, we all know he's a dick. Yeah, we all he know looks Bruce like Willis. a dick. Yeah, he like looks visually. like a dick. He's totally a dick. <laughs> yeah. And it just comes off so well. Oh, could it you imagine? It just comes off in these movies. If it was like Bruce Willis, Michael Chiklis, Dean Norris, <laughs> together at last. Oh, my God. Coneheads, too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
<laughs> Holy shit. That's a movie I would watch. Now, if they were That's all three Willis in a movie, movie I, would watch, I would instantly watch that movie. And then Sylvester Stallone and Don Travolta oh, are there, but they shave their heads. Yeah, exactly. And when, when I say Don Travolta shaves his head, I well, mean just... Don Travolta's bald. 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 Yeah. And Nick Cage, too. And Nick Cage, they're all they bald. All <laughs> and like, that would be a great It's movie. like a bald like coming, coming out. out party. <laughs> and then... Uh, <laughs> but Bruce Willis is like, I can grow hair. I just choose not to. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Uh, and they're all sitting in see, chairs, but they're not sharing the same Let's, room. Oh, someone just, we got to hook up with these yeah. TV action companies. Somebody comedies. needs to make like you just get all of them for one day. Yeah, and you That's just all they're you all need. and they never share the room. Like they're in the same room the yeah. entire movie. Maybe yeah. they'll like get like shot yeah, people. like a command a center <laughs> yeah, of some exactly. kind where they're all holding guns on each other. But you never see. <laughs> and then you just have five uh, stunt bald <laughs> guys, five stand-in bald guys. Michael Chiklis, who's in the movie, could. <laughs> Can you do know, all this, you're also going to be the stand-in and stunt double for all these guys too. <laughs> and the movie is about a bald stand-in. Yeah. Oh, uh, so you listen, know, it writes itself. Yeah, you give exactly. us a call. VVS, if you're listening right now. <laughs> what would you call <laughs> it? Up. Chrome Dome. Chrome Dome. <laughs> Domes. Anyways, yeah, is, uh, you, you write Chrome domes, and then right you put here. a dollar sign at the <laughs> end of it. <laughs> we will make. Mad we will money make this, this movie mad money. All right, well that's it for um, uh, that's this it week for uh, new stuff. Yeah. Uh, as per usual, this month's the last time. Come and say shocked over mm-hmm. to get two free rentals. Yeah, you know, because uh, technically you... it's over at the end of October. You know, we'll extend it for another week. Yeah, you know? that's right. Shocked Come to... in. Don't be shy. Say, say shocked over, and you know what the prizes we were going to give out last week they still haven't been claimed so they're still on the table for another week i know yeah. Yeah, so what were they it was hounds of love hounds of love blu-ray it's yeah blu-ray, big trouble in little china <laughs> yeah. the, the not the new edition. one yeah, yeah you know you get what get it stocking stuff exactly exactly don't make it like a rap gift because it can only disappoint that's yeah. like my mom i'd be like you gotta get this version yeah, she'd be like exactly. okay and then she gave me like the previous one i'm like no <laughs> give it to your mom who yeah. likes big trouble in little china exactly uh and, and there was another one and a dvd that? double feature of driving classics with the screaming skull, skull and, and something else something just like that okay we get it you're <laughs> yeah, listening to this it's not the most exciting movie no i'm sorry you know but um you know it makes us feel good if you're buying blu-rays at base review video you're like but they're hey, here if you want yeah do you have any other blu-rays the free Blu-rays yeah, that you can come in and grab. Hounds of Love, very critically acclaimed. Exactly. The Blu-ray was very expensive when it, it came was, out. It was, and we got stuck with them. Because <laughs> so, they're manufactured on demand. Yeah, so thanks, Gunpowder and Sky. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have uh, old copies of Her Smell lying around? That actually sold well for us. Oh, so, did it? Yeah, okay. we're not blowing that out. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Hounds of Love, come in, yeah. pick it up. So, until next week, do you ever seen a plug other than that? No, I'm good, I'm good. Wait, have I mentioned <laughs> well, the movie? you got a screening tomorrow Impossible night. Impossible Horror. Right? Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> Yes, I'm having a screening of Parole Violators. Yeah. Have you seen that movie? I haven't. I'm coming, though. Oh, so it is so. Be, it's the hard-boiled it awesome. yeah. of 90s action movies. The trailer is so great, and it only touches on the greatness of the movie. <laughs> oh, I can't so, wait. I'm really jazzed. Yeah, come and check it out. I mean, do you have Parole Violators in the store? No. no? Honestly, okay, it's on DVD. It until you guys it's a DVD that's it, famously so. uh, the last 30 minutes are out of sync. Okay. <laughs> so, but, <laughs> Best way to watch it, I'm yeah. sure. Uh, the copy we will show is not out of sync. Okay. It has been fixed. Okay, it's been synced. Yeah, it's from the director who made like they call me Macho Woman with okay. the trauma film okay. and a bunch of other oh, stuff. Oh, I like that film actually. I've seen that back in the day. Yeah, yeah. they're like a, it's a, and it's like um, the guys who made Sledgehammer and Deadly Prey. Mm. Oh no, it's not a brother. 
team. It's a director and son. Love and it. his son, who Love in the mo- in Parole Violator, his name is Miles Long, is like four feet tall, which makes it that much better. Wonderful. <laughs> All right. So uh, Parole Violators at the Royal Cinema, uh, yep. I guess Friday, November 1st. My birthday. So yeah, come and wish me happy birthday. Um, so that's happening tomorrow. Uh, I guess the day you're listening to this, if you're listening on the day it was yeah. released. Come out now, tonight. <laughs> tonight, now. Wait, right now. You got 30 minutes. <laughs> so until next week, my name's Justin Glue. And I'm Mark Hansen. Uh, keep buying. Ah, we had renting. Today. Yeah, keep buying and renting. Keep on renting. These movies and many more are available at your local video store.